Let's uh, go in our Bibles this morning, Deuteronomy in chapter 6. Deuteronomy in chapter 6. It is a blessing to be in God's house. I believe the most important part around here is the declaration of God's Word, the preaching of God's Word. If you come here on a normal Sunday, we dedicate about 40 minutes of our service at least or more to simply the declaration, the preaching of God's Word. Because we believe that the Word of God is what changes lives. Amen? It's God's Word. It's not our opinion. It's God's Word that changes lives. Deuteronomy chapter 6 How are we going to stay faithful? It's been 40 years that God's allowed this building to continue, this ministry to continue, these people to continue, for us to be able to worship on this corner. And how are we going to continue forward as we have been here together now five years? um, How are we going to continue the the next 40 years in this place? Look, if you would, Deuteronomy 6, verse 5. And thou shalt... Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be, what does he say? In thine heart. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. And thou shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thy house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, And they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes. And thou shalt write them upon the post of thy house and on thy gates. The Bible tells us that the children of Israel were commanded to do something. They were commanded to put the word of God first. By the way, the church that puts the word of God first will see the word of God grow and be published abroad. And I tell you, God has continued to work here as the result of the proclamation of the gospel. As the result of us continuing to proclaim faithfully what God has commanded us to do. The mystery of the gospel needs to be proclaimed over and over and over again. But we need folks praying for this mystery to continue. And I'm going to ask you this morning to to commit to do some things together as we seek to move forward how to stay faithful in Church. It is not easy because you think the devil wants us to stay in church? No. You think the the news media wants you to stay in church? No. Okay? The entire world is pushing hard against the church. Just look into other countries like Canada, what's happening. There's a lot of pressure to fall away. Look at what's happened in China, what's continuing to happen in other places around the world. There's a lot of pressure and it will increase. And so in the midst of this time, how do we stay faithful to the house of God? I want to share with you a few thoughts that will help us this morning as we think about how to stay faithful in church. Let's turn over, if you would. To Colossians 4. To Colossians 4, you can keep your finger here because we will come back to Deuteronomy 6. But Colossians chapter 4. See, we're commanded to do some things and they'll help us. Colossians 4 in verse 3. The Bible tells us in the earlier verse 2 to continue in prayer and to watch the same with thanksgiving. Then he says in verse 3, With all praying for us, that God would open unto us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ, for which I am also in bonds. He says what? Praying also for us. 
Pray for souls. You realize that when you look around this room, there are people here as the result of prayer. Many of you do not know how much prayer has been put in on your behalf by others in the room. Prayer. Prayer by others you will never meet. There's a family that prays regularly for our church. And they even sent me a message yesterday. They, they get my birthday mixed up. So I don't want to confuse them and tell them it's the opposite day. So they thought my birthday was yesterday. So they sent me a happy birthday message. They were blowing my phone up yesterday. They said, happy birthday, happy birthday. I said, thank you so much, you know. Um, and they didn't know they were off by, by two days. But um, I didn't tell them, okay. And uh, they were sending these little messages. And they said, you know, by the way, we're just praying that God continues to work at that church. We're praying God, we believe God's going to continue to help the gospel go forward. We're praying for souls to be saved. Pray for souls to be saved, specifically. He says, praying for us, that what would happen? That God would open unto us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ. When I look around this room at those who have got saved in the last few years, I do remember the first interactions that we had. And my friends, with God all things are possible, but I will tell you that sometimes... You can think that it's impossible for somebody to get saved. Never underestimate the power of the gospel. Amen. Never underestimate the power of the gospel. God is in the saving business. We don't just want people in the church. We want souls to be saved by the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's a miracle every time someone gets saved. It's a miracle every time a drunk is set free from his addiction. It's a miracle every time a person gives up drugs and chooses to find satisfaction in Jesus Christ. And since we have been here in the last five years, there have been over five people who have given up their drugs and have come to follow Jesus Christ. Some of them have now moved on and are serving in other places. But my friend, they have been delivered and they were delivered in this place under the preaching of the word of God. And when I look around this community, I see people that got delivered by the word of God and people that prayed for them. And it encourages my heart. It's a miracle every time a family comes to church. If you don't think it's a miracle every time a family comes to church, as Brother David mentioned a moment ago about what a blessing it is to see children in church. It really is. Uh, if you don't think it's a miracle, try inviting a few families. It takes a lot of love. Not everybody will stick because the devil works overtime to destroy the family. You realize, you say, why is it so hard to get families to attend church? Why? Because the devil's going to do everything he can to get that child uh, snotty nose or with a headache or something happen in the home or one bites the other right before they go to church. I mean, there's just this th these things happen in a family and the devil works overtime to try to get us to not be in the house of God. And so pray for souls. It is a miracle every time a family comes to church. Pray for souls. How are we going to continue long-term in this place? By the grace of God, we together must pray for souls. Pray for souls. Pray that utterance might be given. Here's another one. Read the Bible in your home. Looking back in the passage where we started, Deuteronomy chapter 6, the Bible says... These words which I command thee this day shall be, he says, in thine heart. Parents, it's hard to give our kids what's in our heart of the word of God if there's not much of the word of God in our heart. Out of all the teens, young adults, and men I've discipled, it has been very rare to find one who grew up in a home where this book, the actual Bible, was opened and read every day in the home, or even once a week. It's very rare. It's a very rare thing. And most of you, if, if we were to stand and give witness, 
The truth of the matter is most of us probably did not, most of you probably did not grow up in a home where the Bible was opened on a regular basis in the home and read. Sometimes we grow up in a home, we'll say it was a Christian home. But what made it a Christian home if the word of God was not read to the children? That makes it a Christian home, the word of God being proclaimed in the home. Otherwise, it is just the same as any other home. We wonder why the last generation was lost. Could it have been that the word of God was not read in the home as it should have been? He says, thou shalt, in verse 7, teach them diligently unto thy children. If that was easy, he wouldn't have had to tell us to do it. It's not easy to teach kids. And by the way, it's not easy to teach the children the word of God in the home. We do something in our home, and I'm going to ask my girls who are eating their snacks. Can you set your snacks down and come up here real quick? Can you come up here real quick? We do something in our home. Gwenny, oh, there you go. Food right on the floor. Awesome. I don't know who's cleaning up this week. It'll probably be me, okay? Uh, come on up here quick, real quick. Eliza, can you come up to Daddy too? Can you come up here? This is the, this is the one that's hard to get in devotions time, okay? And, and parents, this is something that it's not easy to do. If it was easy, Gwenny, why don't you sit right down here? Girls, why don't you sit down right here? Here you go. Sit down. There you go. Sit down, okay? Eliza, come up here. Come up here. Come up here, sweetie. Okay? Sit right down. Sit down. There you go. Good girl, okay? Now look. If it was easy, everybody would do it. And you sit down with your children. Parents, this is the most important thing you do. Before you take them to Six Flags this year or anything, the most important thing you do is you sit them down like this every day. It's not easy, because if it was easy, every home would do it. Okay? And you open up the Bible. And by the way, when I do this in our home, guess what happens? This one needs a diaper change. I mean, somebody just has... It, it's, Everything goes wrong at Bible time, okay? It is, yeah, even, even and this one likes to, to crawl around and talk during Bible time. Eliza, Eliza, you're such a big helper, all right? Now, when they're little like this, I do let them do that, okay? I let them wander around. But today we did this, and we, we do this every day in our home. And if I have to leave early for work, my wife does it with the children if they're not awake yet. Eliza, look right here, okay? Listen up, okay, sweetie? And then in... Proverbs, we usually read the proverb today. Don't worry, I won't read the whole proverb. But the Bible says, Proverbs chapter 10, it says, the Proverbs of Solomon, a wise son maketh a glad father. Gwenny, are you listening? Make sure you listen. And Lucy, and see if you can hear anything. If they hear anything and actually tell it to you, it'll be a miracle because they usually forget, okay? Um, they're young. It says, a wise son maketh a glad father, but a foolish son is the heaviness of his mother. It says, he becometh poor that dealeth with a slack hand, but the hand of the diligent maketh rich. He that gathereth in summer, and see, lots of things happen, right, is a wise son, but he that sleepeth in harvest is a son that causeth shame. Here you go, Eliza, you can come over, and this happens during Bible time, just like this, parents. I'm doing this on purpose to show you not that this is torture, it happens. Hey, sweetie, it's okay, it's okay. It happens, parents. It's not easy. If it was easy, we would all do it, okay? And you sit down, and Gwendolyn, we just read about these things, and we just heard this, and see, that distracts their minds, and now they don't remember what was said, right? But did you hear the verse, children, about he becometh poor that dealeth with a slack hand, but the hand of the diligent maketh rich? What does somebody have to do 
for God to bless them. What are they supposed to do? I heard about rich. You heard about them being rich, okay. What do they have to do, Gwenny, to be rich? Do you, do you hear about that? No, no. They have to be diligent. Do you know what diligent is? What's diligent, honey? Is somebody diligent? Somebody is lazy. No. Somebody who's diligent. Somebody who works hard. But you look. Look what else, girls. Look. Look at this other part right here. Okay. It says, "He that gathereth in summer is a wise son, but he that sleepeth in harvest is a son that causes shame." What did you hear about? Shame. Shame. Shame is when we're embarrassed. So you know what? A child who sleeps in harvest time, Gwenny, sit up, is a son that causes shame. Lucy, we don't want to be somebody who's sleeping when it's time to work. We want to be somebody who gets up and does the work, okay? All right, good job. You can go back to mommy. Good job. Now, if that was easy, right? If it was easy, um, every child would sit there. You know, there's, there's something, the force that we work against when we're reading the Bible to our children. There's a devil who does not want that to happen. But you know, bless you, there's, there's a devil who does not want that to happen. But I've found that when we read the Bible, there are things that my children are starting to get. They're getting some things about there's lazy people and there's people who work hard. And they hear that in the book of Proverbs over and over again. And you know what? Throughout the day, Things from devotions two weeks ago come out in their conversation with one another. You might think nothing's getting through, okay? And you might say, parents, that seemed like a waste of time, didn't it? You could say, you know what, they were just squirming around. It was difficult. Okay, it was more difficult because they were up here, all right? They weren't sitting on their couch. But all because it's difficult doesn't mean we don't do it, okay? The most important thing, now, by the way, that's about enough Bible to give them in one session, okay? And it says talk about it throughout the day. So when something comes up, if we know the word and it's in our heart, we can share it with our children. Read the Bible in your home. I challenge you, read the Bible in your home. Would you think about how many hours we watch entertainment? How many hours other devices are on? How many hours are we actually reading this book to our children? And then we wonder, we wonder sometimes why the child made a certain decision. Could it be they needed more of God's word? And uh, I do believe God's word helps. I'm finding out that in discipleship, uh, somebody gets the word of God, and all of a sudden they start to make changes towards the things of God. Why? Because they got in the Bible. And if you get in the word of God, you get help, okay? So read the Bible in your home. I'm going to share one last thing, and I believe this is a key to staying in church long term. And you say, Pastor Dan, this is one of those things, by the way, this is one of the things I never preach on. Are you guys ready? What do you think it's going to be? Okay, I never preach on it. So what's it going to be? All right, here we go. Give faithfully. Okay, you're going to forgive me. A lot of people tell me, they say, Pastor Dan, the reason we like coming to Calvary Baptist Church is because you don't preach on giving. I hear that a lot. And I don't preach on giving. But today, it is anniversary Sunday. And we thank God for those who gave for us to be in this place. Would you go with me to Hebrews chapter 7, verse 1? Hebrews chapter 7, verse 1. The Bible tells us of Melchizedek, who is a picture of Jesus Christ. Hebrews 7, in verse 1. If we're going to continue long-term in this place, we need to pray for souls to be saved. We need to read the Bible in our home. And we need to give faithfully to your church. By the way, where our treasure is, Jesus said our heart would be also... And when you invest 
your finances, they're not ours anyway, right? They're all God's. But when we invest them, it's amazing how it changes our heart towards the house of God. It says in Hebrews 7, verse 1, For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High God, who met Abraham, returning from the slaughter of the kings, and blessed him. So Abraham had just gone out. He had got a lot of treasure and a lot of riches. Did he keep it for himself? Abraham was a very wealthy man, by the way. Look at what it says in verse 2. To whom also Abraham gave a what? A tenth part of all. is 10%. Pretty easy to do math. Move the decimal point over one. 10%. First being by interpretation king of righteousness, and after that king of Salem, which is king of peace. That is, as I understand it, Jesus Christ, because later on it says in verse 3, without father, without mother, without descent, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but made like unto the Son of God, abideth a priest continually. By the way, Jesus is referred to as the great high priest, and so I understand this to be Jesus Christ before he came to this earth by the Virgin Mary. He appeared as Melchizedek, the king of Salem. He appeared to Abraham. And it says in this passage that Abraham gave him a tangible present. He gave him 10% of all that he had. It says, now consider this, how great this man was, unto him whom even the patriarch gave, Abraham gave a tenth of the spoils. And verily, they that are of the sons of Levi, who have received the office of the priesthood, have a commandment to take, what does it say? Tithes of the people, according to the law, that is of their brethren, though they come out of the, the, the loins of Abraham. Now, I realize we're not in Old Testament law, but if you study the Bible, God's about way more than just a tithe. It's all his. And, and uh, I believe grace giving, it goes way over 10% when it's grace giving, because it's all God's anyways. Uh, when, when folks visit the, our church, they'll often comment about how we don't take up an offering, and they'll, they'll ask about how to get involved in supporting the gospel ministry. A tithe is 10%. Abraham's going, coming back. He's just conquered all these people. And oftentimes people look at, they, get, they acquire a bunch of, maybe you were given, given some money, you get something, and you say, wow, that's awesome. And what do you say with it? What can you spend it on, right? Abraham, the very first thing, he's on his way back. Melchizedek meets him. Abraham takes 10% and gives it to Melchizedek. You say, does God need anything? It's all his anyways. This gospel ministry has continued because people had that kind of heart. They gave 10% of all. And then over and above to the missions program that you see the missionaries supported. There's a local lady in this area. She comes by occasionally. She said, Pastor Dan, this, I'm just surprised about how many, how many thousands of dollars this church gives to missions. This church is a very rare church that gives this much to missions. And I believe God wants our church to continue to give to missions. And, and God wants us to continue to invest in the kingdom of God. By the way, the missions is in, a, in addition to our tithe. It's something that we do by faith here. There was, uh, there was one lady I remember visiting once, and she couldn't say the word tithe. And so my wife and I would often get a kick out of it. She would say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to give my tithe. And she would talk about her tithe. And... Uh, I guess she was giving soap to God. But anyway, she was giving tithe, and uh, she gave her tithes, and she would often talk about it. But look, if you, God will honor your faith if you'll give, your, give him your tithes, all right? And uh, 
Leviticus chapter 23, verse 38 says, Beside the Sabbaths of the Lord, beside your gifts, beside all your vows, beside all your free will offerings which ye give unto the Lord. How's the offering given? It's free will. It's not by obligation, it's free will. That's, by, that's why we don't require anything around here. We just ask God's people to do what God puts on their heart. Look at Numbers 15, 20, 21. I'll read the verse for you. Numbers 15, 21. Of the first of your dough, ye shall give unto the Lord an heave offering in your generations. Everybody want to bring in the first of your dough? You say, I haven't made bread. Okay, you got to go make some bread, all right? The first of your dough. Can you imagine what they were doing? They took the first of their dough, put it together, and they didn't have Ziploc bags. Do you imagine how much work this was to bring the first of their dough to the tabernacle? It was not an easy task. But they brought the first of their dough. You even see this principle displayed with Cain and Abel bringing the first, first fruits, of course, Cain brought the first of an animal, uh, for, sorry, the first fruits, and God had commanded him to bring the first of the flock. It says in 1 Chronicles 16, 28, Give unto the Lord, ye kindreds of the people, give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. You say, that's great. Lord, I'm going to praise you. But then look what it says in the next verse, in verse 29. Bring an offering. Uh-oh. I wasn't supposed to say that. But that's what the Bible says. And come before him and worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Giving God's praise and giving a tangible gift are always directly related. By the way, you'll stay long in a church where you joyfully worship the Lord. And in, and in the Bible worship and the giving, we're done together. Um, I, I once heard a man tell me, he said, he said, Pastor Dan, I'm thinking about just tithing my time to God. By the way, he told me that he had skipped church for the last 10 years, had not attended any church for 10 years. But he's going to start tithing his time to God. You do the math. You tithe your time to God every week, that's 17 hours. You skip going to church for 10 years. You skip doing things of God for 10 years. He's going to be giving God a lot of time, okay? And by the way, in the Bible, it never talks about tithing or time. I, I, I asked him a question after that. I said, I said, friend, that's interesting. I've never heard of that in all my life. I said, so what about me? Am I just considered tithing my time then? And uh, he didn't really have a good answer for that. The truth of the matter is, friends, we do what we love to do, okay? In regards to the work of God, we do what we love to do. Psalms 96 verse 8 says, Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. We've all shared why we're thankful for this place. We've shared how God has blessed us. And I'm thankful for how God's allowed this church to continue for the last 40 years in this place. And I'm believing God to help us to continue to see souls saved and men be discipled and trained and women trained in this place for the work of the ministry. But I ask you this morning, would you ask God to help you that you might recommit to pray for souls? That you might say, you know what, by the grace of God, by the grace of God, I'm going to seek to walk in faith and build family of faith in this place. Would you ask God to help you read the Bible in your home? And would you ask God to give you the faith to give? In regards to that, one simple thing I want you to remember, we do what we plan to do. We do what we plan to do. And we will do whatever we plan to do. And so, in regards to all of these things, we do what we plan to do. Ask God to give you the faith to plan to do His work and to plan to put Him first. We give, we give by faith. We read the Bible by faith. 
believing it will change our lives. We pray by faith, believing that God hears and answers prayers. And let's close in prayer this morning and ask God to help us with these things. Let's all stand together for a moment of prayer. And ask the Lord to help us this morning. Ask the Lord to help us that we might pray, that we might read his word as we should in our home, and that we might honor him with everything that he's given to us. It's all his anyways. And that we might please him as we move forward by faith for the glory of God. As we're standing here together with our heads bowed and with our eyes closed, would you ask the Lord, Lord, would you help me? Would you help me to pray as I should? Maybe this morning God spoke to you about one of these three areas and you just would take a moment this morning as the piano begins to play to do business with the Lord. You take a moment to just respond to the Lord. Lord, help me to pray as I should. Lord, help me to read the Bible as I should in the home. Lord, help me to honor you in the area of giving. If God spoke to you in one of these areas, would you just take a moment to come forward and pray? Would you take a moment to come forward and ask the Lord, Lord, would you help me to do by faith? These things all require faith. Others have practiced them, and that's why you're here. And maybe God's speaking to you about helping practice one of those three things. Would you ask the Lord to help you? We can only do it by His grace, praying, reading His Word, and contributing out of what He has already given to us. Let's believe God to help us to continue to see this place established for the glory of God.